Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. So today we are going to be talking about intuitive eating pitfalls and how to avoid them. So I'm really excited to hear about that, Elizabeth. But before we get into it, I know that Elizabeth and Tara, you are taking on new clients for both private and group coaching. Is that right? That's right. Awesome. Fitness and administration and intuitive eating. Yeah. So if anybody is interested in working with the two of you, check the show notes below. Yeah. Reach out. Is that good? Okay, so I'm excited to do this one now that you told me you think you need it, Maura. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I might need this episode. Yeah, a little refresher. So intuitive eating pitfalls and how to avoid them. So a lot of times people say, yeah, I tried intuitive eating and it didn't work for me, which is interesting, right? We're all born intuitive eaters. And essentially what that means is we're born for the most part, most of us, right? But maybe specific health condition aside, but tuning into our bodies and allowing our bodies to guide our eating instead of diet culture and allowing food to be pleasurable. And so it's interesting to think about how it may or may not work for someone. But when you think about it from that perspective. But so the first pitfall that I have, the first kind of trap that people might fall into when they're trying to implement intuitive eating on their own is turning it into another set of rigid rules. So when you think about dieting, right, it's very clear cut. Eat this many calories, count this many macros, follow this specific list of food. And it's you're either doing it right or you're doing it wrong, quite frankly, right? Because it's a very prescripted, somewhat rigid plan for food. Intuitive eating is not that. And it's really common for people to want to take the 10 principles and turn them into a set of rules, especially around hunger and fullness. And Mm. think that because there's so much emphasis in intuitive eating on honoring your hunger and respecting your fullness cues, that that must mean the goal is to always only eat when you're hungry or to always stop when you're full. And that if you find yourself eating when you're not hungry or missing a fullness cue, you must be doing it wrong, Mm. which isn't true. I sometimes fall into, especially the fullness ones, like I feel kind of bad about myself when I eat past fullness mm-hmm. or past the comfortable fullness is what I should say. Right. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up because in the very beginning when we were talking about doing the podcast, I was talking to my husband about it and he was like, doesn't intuitive eating just sound like new diet rules to you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just like, I feel like it's just like, OK, so we're not calling it a diet, but it's like a different diet. And I'm like, no, dude, it's not like that. It's guiding principles, not rigid, like, yes or no's. Yeah. Well, it's guiding principles and also most especially that are there to help you heal from dieting. Yeah. Right. I'm sure this was due to me explaining it poorly. Because that was before (laughs) we did in the episode. So I didn't really know much about it. But 
I could see how somebody might hear about it and think that, okay, there's 10 principles. Isn't that just another diet? No, in fact, it isn't. It's not geared towards weight loss. It's not rigid rules. There aren't any rules, really. Mm -hmm. It's a framework to help you heal from dieting and to practice nourishment and as self-care and other self-care. I love that. Yeah. So specifically around the hunger fullness thing, normal eating does include sometimes eating when you're not hungry, right? For a variety of reasons. You may just have a taste hunger or it may be strategic. Maybe you're getting ready to get in the car for three hours and you're not going to have access to food. And so you plan ahead a little bit and eat before you're strictly physically hungry. And then we all miss fullness cues from time to time. That is also part of normal eating. And more, we don't want to feel guilty or bad when it happens. We just want to learn from it, right? There's so much helpful feedback in those circumstances if you know what questions to ask. Yeah. I remember probably a few times in our work together, Mm -hmm. but I do remember one time specifically you had said, it's just data. And I loved that, like thinking about that, like, oh, yeah. It is data. Like, yeah. Okay. When I ate this much, I felt uncomfortable. And that's such a neutral way of looking at it versus like, this is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. It is just data. It's feedback. It's helpful. Yeah. It can be helpful if you know what to do with it. Okay. So the next place where people often get stuck. So the third principle of intuitive eating we've talked about in the past is making peace with food. And it's built on the premise of giving yourself unconditional permission to eat and enjoy your food. A lot of times people get stuck here and they're not actually giving themselves unconditional permission to eat. And therefore, they still feel out of control around certain foods or they still feel like they're having a hard time eating them in a way that feels good or they're still not eating an amount of them that they would like to be eating. And often it's because they're not really giving themselves unconditional permission to eat them. Yeah. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. It's such a tough one because it's so common to be fearful of this principle, right? To be afraid. But if I give myself unconditional permission to eat it, French fries or cookies or... Cheez-Its and ice cream for me as we all know. Yes, Cheez-Its and ice cream. Or I might just gain weight and keep gaining weight, right? And that's really scary. Yeah. It sounds so like... That would never happen. We're never just going to want French fries for our whole life. And yet knowing that, you still feel like, but what if I do? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's always important to kind of sit back and realize why do people likely feel that way? Because most people are coming into this from a restrictive scarcity-based mindset around food or from dieting where those foods have been kind of off limits. Even if you were allowed to eat them, it was definitely not unconditionally, right? It was with very specific parameters of not too much, So when you're coming at it from that way, that, you know, we've talked about in the past, that makes the food overly appealing. It keeps it exciting to your brain. So, of course, you're thinking, I would only eat that. But not because that's what your body would actually want, because that's a response to restriction and scarcity. This is reminding me, too, something. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast, this idea that our mind likes to convince us that it's the only way of knowing things. So, like, Terry, you're talking about, like, logically, we all, outside of the stressful moment, we can kind of reason, like, no, I wouldn't want to eat french fries every single day for the rest of my life. But in the moment, it's a little bit harder to look at it that way. And it's because we need the experience. So we need to actually give ourselves that Mm -hmm. full permission. We need to experience 
that risk of giving ourselves permission in order for us to like really know by experience that we actually wouldn't eat only french fries for the rest of our lives. And also you have to keep doing it. So sometimes people might do it for a little while and then they think, oh, well, she talked about this pendulum and it's supposed to settle out in the middle where I feel more in control and I'm not overly drawn to those foods. And I've been doing it for, you know, a week or a month and that hasn't happened. So it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you need to go a little bit longer. Yeah, that's frustrating, too, because I'm sure that's different for every person. It's so different. So like you every can't person. say like try for a week or try no, for a month. Yeah, like, it very much depends on how entrenched in dieting, diet culture, the scarcity mindset you are and some of the ways like uh, even if you're allowing yourself to eat the food, you may not be allowing yourself to eat it unconditionally. So yeah. some things to look out for are, are you still feeling guilty when you mm-hmm. eat it? If you are, that's a condition. Mm-hmm. Are you allowing yourself to eat it, but telling yourself you can only have a certain amount of it? That's a condition, right? Are you saying, well, yeah, I can eat it, but I'll only do it in a special occasion? Or are you allowing yourself to eat it, but then also thinking you need to make sure you go to the gym that day or that you can only eat it if you go to the gym? So those are just some of the ways that people accidentally put conditions on it, even when they're eating it. Yeah. And again, like, honestly, that is one of the reasons why it's so helpful to have support on the journey is because you may not be able to see for your own self if you're putting conditions on it, or you may get scared and want to give up or go back to dieting when really you need someone to hold your hand and walk you through it so you can stick with it and see it through. I 100% if I was going through like say I was just going through the workbook Mm -hmm. of like the intuitive eating workbook which I loved and was really helpful if I was just doing that and not also seeing you I 100% would have continued to put conditions and or given up entirely. I know I would have. Yeah. Because it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, like, to your point, there were times where I was putting conditions on without realizing it. Mm-hmm. I know I, I know. I talk about ice cream all the time. Um, <laughs> but that was definitely one of them where I'm like, well, I already ate all this ice cream this week. Like, I am giving myself permission. You're like, but the way you're talking about it doesn't kind of sound like you are. Yeah. Because yeah. your thoughts about it matter, right? Yeah. Now I have ice cream in my freezer all the time and I don't eat it all the time. It's wild. Yeah. And I have two full boxes of cheeses that are unopened that have been unopened. Yeah. Would you ever have imagined that before no. intuitive eating? No. Yeah. My husband keeps buying more and I'm like, I haven't even opened the last <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Like if you are someone out there who is thinking, oh, I can't keep certain foods in my house because I would eat them all. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. It's really possible to keep them in your house. And life is pretty peaceful and awesome. It's and wild. Happens, right? It yeah. really is. Okay, so the next place that people get stuck or next pitfall that sometimes people encounter is getting stuck in the honeymoon phase of intuitive eating. So this is actually almost opposite of what we were just talking about, right? And I've had this one too. It's so complicated (laughs) sometimes to put this into practice. So Tara's looking at me like she does not know what I'm talking about. Yes, I don't know what the honeymoon phase is. So the honeymoon phase is sometimes when people are coming off of restriction, right, and they are giving themselves permission to eat this food, it's sometimes we call it the honeymoon phase where it's like those foods are overly exciting, overly appealing. And you um, are you do want to eat a lot of them, right? More than feels good in your body, more than ideally, probably you ultimately want to be offering to your body. And they get stuck there like they don't ever get to the next part, which is, yes, we want to help you and encourage you to give yourself unconditional permission to eat the foods 
but with attunement. And if you get stuck in the honeymoon phase where you're just eating all the things and not feeling guilty about it and it's fun and exciting, but you're not doing it with attunement to your body, to your hunger, your fullness, your digestion, or how you would like to support your health and well-being, you're still not eating intuitively. So this just cleared up so many things for me. Oh, yeah. So I understand we've done a lot of episodes on intuitive eating. So I feel like I've kind of gotten the gist of Mm -hmm. what it is, how we do it, how we practice it. But there's always kind of been in the back of my mind, like you're just eating all these fun foods all the time. But this is not actually like creating a healthy. Uh, So you were thinking, how can that be healthy? Yeah, but more than that. okay. like I understand that listening to your body is a key part of it. Right. But it's felt like for a while that the honeymoon phase was like the the thing oh yeah it's not the goal (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i feel like i should almost just cut that out because i'm like what the fuck was i even saying there? honestly i think that that's a a really common point like i feel like this is where marcus was getting hung up on this was like you're just eating all these fun foods all the time Yeah, I think this is a common fear about starting intuitive eating because it's this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it is a common thought of, but wait, she's a dietitian and she's saying, give yourself unconditional permission to eat anything you want. People automatically think of those more fun foods. And the next question is, but how could that possibly be helpful? Yeah, healthy. And the answer is it wouldn't be if you were just only ever eating fun foods and never thinking about anything else. You're right. That wouldn't be very helpful. It's the attunement piece. Yeah. That's so and the attunement piece for me is listening to your body and your hunger and your fullness cues, but it's also that honoring your health and well-being and yes. how you want to support it. I'm, I'm so th- glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking about the 10th principle too, gentle nutrition, uh-huh. which I was thinking about when we were talking about that first pitfall about mm-hmm. like creating like more rigid rules with mm-hmm. intuitive eating. Yeah. And I remember when we first started working together, you had said that it's kind of intentionally last mm-hmm. because gentle nutrition can be calm, if that's the name of it. it is. Okay, good. That can kind of replace diet again. And we need to kind of get to this place. Yeah. And actually that was a spoiler alert. You just landed on one of my one of my pitfalls, which is trying to implement gentle nutrition too early for that very reason. If you try to put nutrition at the beginning of intuitive eating, when you're someone who's very much healing their relationship with food in their body and coming off of dieting, it's super easy to turn even the most gentle, flexible, hey, it'd be great to add whole grains to your diet into a, I can only ever eat whole grains, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you try to (laughs) Uh implement gentle (laughs) nutrition too early, you probably are going to turn it into another diet, which is, or another rigid rule. That's fascinating that there's like a method to this that you have to follow in this order, or you're going to like up and kind of so I want to clarify. I think it's really that one only, right? Yeah, there's no rules. You don't have to do it linearly. The only guidelines that are more like pretty helpful, let's say, because remember this, it, there aren't rules. Yeah, but, is rejecting the diet mentality and diet culture and the tools of dieting. We really do work on that first because mm-hmm. you can't really do all the other stuff yeah. if you're still holding on so tightly to a weight loss goal and trying to turn it into a diet. And then the gentle nutrition one, for the most part, we do keep that towards the end. Now, every now and then, if somebody has a medical condition, they may need to bring it in earlier in the process. And then we just have to talk about how. That makes so much sense. 
So yeah, so there aren't rules. It's not linear, but those are kind of like the anchor points. I guess you could mm-hmm. say that when I'm working with people, we do. And I would think most intuitive eating counselors try to keep it that way. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next one that I have, which we sort of touched on in relation to the making peace with food principle, but in general, just giving up too early, right? Getting scared. There's all sorts of reasons why people get scared about the intuitive eating process. Maybe they are in that honeymoon phase eating too many of the foods that in a way that doesn't make them feel good. Maybe they are gaining weight and they panic, or maybe they're just afraid of gaining weight and they panic. Sometimes people will feel really untethered without rules, right? If you've been dieting for decades and now all of a sudden we're like, okay, there's no more rules, right? Yeah. Where do I eat? (laughs) Yeah. Which when I'm working with people, I wouldn't necessarily take away all the rules if someone wasn't ready for that exactly. But especially implementing it on your own or not, really. People often say that to me, but I just can't even imagine how this is going to go. Like, I, I can't imagine not having any kind of rules. So that's a common reason why people might give up too early. And then just kind of we all have attunement disruptors, right? Things that get in the way of us sort of building that attunement. You may not be able to notice that on your own or realize that that's what's happening. And you may give up and think, oh, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And then just general, we all have our own kind of limiting beliefs, right? Oh, yeah. You may not be able to see on your own. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the next one that I have next pitfall is ignoring the body image piece or not knowing how to sort through it or maybe thinking that you can do this without it. It's really, really hard because, of course, diet culture impacts our body image big time. Yeah. Right? And intuitive eating is bumping up against people's body image concerns in major ways, right? The movement piece, the food piece, the... It's not about weight piece, just all of it is sort of really right there bumping up against it. So it's really hard to do this and be successful at it without also sorting through the body image component for most people. Yeah, this is one I noticed with myself. Interestingly, and you had noted this during our work individually together, mm-hmm. um, that that seemed to be something that I wasn't struggling with. As yeah, we, we didn't spend yeah. very much time on it for, with you, which is very unusual. Yeah, I think it was like where I was in my life at that point. And also it was like during the pandemic, people are only seeing my face. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still in the pandemic. People are mostly still only seeing yeah. my face. Yeah. But like, I was definitely in a place where I was more comfortable with my body and I had already ditched the scale. I was like, I was seeing my body more neutrally. And then afterwards, we are actually, uh, I was doing group coaching with you and I had gone to a doctor's appointment and they took my weight and I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And it came back to me all of a sudden. And it's interesting. That's been one that like kind of comes and goes, but I realized like I never thought seeing a number was going to be a big trigger for me. Mm -hmm. But I think probably because like we had been working on this so much, I was very aware. Yeah. And I noticed like my reaction to seeing my weight. And again, like recently going to the doctors and having my weight taken, which I don't do every time. I have a pretty awesome doctor, like medical team. But taking my weight recently, seeing it is like that can definitely bring up some of those other thoughts like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe I shouldn't be eating in this way. And like, maybe I should think about this and think about that. And it's I can see it almost like leading me down a path of diet culture. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, I think that awareness is helpful. Yeah, by, like catching it early. And I think it's such an important point for you to bring up that it's still 
will catch you off guard every now and then because it underscores the point. We haven't really done any episodes on body image specifically yet, but body image for me is more a direction than a destination. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's not a specific end point, right? Yeah, like you don't get to that place. Most people, the vast majority of us, where we're like, awesome, I love my body, I love everything about it, I love the way it looks, and I'm never going to feel differently about it. Yeah, right. like any relationship. Of course. We have has ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. That relationship in particular has no end, right? We're always in our bodies. So it is interesting. The next one is, so a lot of times people will say, I'm really interested in intuitive eating. I want to do this but I need to do another diet first. I need to lose the weight and then I'll learn how to eat intuitively. I feel like I am the poster child for the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done every single one. Because that's so, they're all, you know why? We're an inspiration. You are an inspiration because you successfully did heal your relationship with food and your body, but everything we're talking about is part of the process of healing your relationship with food and your body. And so like everybody goes through the pit. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, maybe pitfalls isn't exactly the right word. I don't know what you would call them instead, but that's why, because these are all very much part of the healing process. But so tell us your thoughts then, since you've experienced this one about, well, I'm going to lose weight and then learn how to eat intuitively. It's so funny. I remember in our first session together, I talked about that. And I also talked about the fact that I saw how ridiculous it was, like how unintuitive that is. Because <laughs> I had a, like a mild understanding of intuitive eating and I knew what it kind of meant for me. And that mm-hmm. meant that I'm letting go of control of my weight in a way. Like, mm-hmm. And that scared the crap out of me. So my thought was, well, if I can get to a weight that I feel comfortable at, that I'm like okay with, and then I learn how to intuitively eat, then I'll like maintain that weight and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that didn't work. Like that was my plan for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll get to intuitive eating one day. Yeah. And then I realized it wasn't working and I called you. Yeah. And I feel like this is a really common journey. <laughs> like yeah, I have clients yeah. that say Super this all common. the time. And so what happens is two things. One, you can't break free of diet culture if you're still in diet culture trying another diet, right? So it's sort of missing the point of it a little bit entirely, even though it is very much part of the process and it makes total sense to be afraid to take your focus off of wheat, right? I was Um, very afraid of eating all that ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I was going to be eating ice cream and Mm -hmm. I was afraid of it. Yeah. But also it's diets don't work, right? It's so clear that they don't work, but sometimes... You need to do another one to find that out for yourself. I just had a conversation today with someone who said, I'm almost embarrassed because I was talking to you four months ago and I told you I was in the middle of a diet and I was feeling really good. And I said, no, I'm good. I got this figured out. And she said, and I'm I'm almost embarrassed that I'm back here now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't be embarrassed. That's part of the thing. It's not your fault. It's not you. Diets don't work. And we all know that predictable cycle. But sometimes you just need to go through it again before you realize It really, truly isn't working for me. And it's taking a tremendous toll on my physical, mental, emotional well-being. That's so relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You just maybe need a little bit more time and experience before you're ready for it. That is one. And then the last one that I have is trying to gauge success in pounds lost in a dress or jean size or in a number on the scale. If you are trying to measure whether intuitive eating is working by the shape or size of your body, 
that's not what intuitive eating is about. You cannot judge whether it's working or not working based on that because the point is to heal your relationship with food and your body and to land on a way of eating and a way of self-care that Mm -hmm. is health promoting for you. And you can't measure that. That's what I love about intuitive eating is it's so like mental and emotional rather than like, I need to look this way. It's I want to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And that just feels so free. And I want to take care of myself this way. Whatever this way is, it's a little bit different for everybody, but it really is about self-care. Mm-hmm. I love that. The yeah. world needs more of that. Yeah, we can't measure that by what size we wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I have for you guys today. Love it. I loved it. I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her at her website, moratani.com. If you want to connect with me, find me on Instagram at Tara Deleon Fitness. To connect with Elizabeth, visit her at www.elizabethharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join her health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook.